In our last few episodes, we've been learning about why we always fail when we try to fight this battle for purity on our own. We can't do it, but God can. In today's episode, we take a look at Psalm 19 and discover together the singular, most powerful weapon God has provided each of us with that is guaranteed to take down the beast of sexual impurity in your life, namely, the Word of God. Well, welcome to today's episode of the Point of Purity podcast, a weekly study filled to the brim with all the tools from Scripture you will ever need to build a lasting life of biblical purity. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. Come on in and join us as together we dive into the Scriptures to learn how to swing our sword. Well, as I had mentioned in episode one, And I also mentioned in our testimony on the website, for over 30 years of my life, I half-heartedly attempted to gain victory over lust, porn, masturbation, along with all the other selfish sexual satisfactions that I was trying to pursue. No matter what I did, I failed. I always crashed and burned. And then God brought a guy into my life by the name of Roger. Roger came alongside of me, and he began to take me into the Bible. And week after week, we would open up the Scriptures. We'd study it, we'd talk about it, and we'd learn from it. And every week, he would assign me a text of Scripture that I had to study every single day during the week. I had to journal, I had to take notes as what was what was God teaching me, what was standing out to me, and why. And then he would also give me a Scripture verse that I had to memorize, And then the next time we met together, each week, I was required to return that week and explain to Roger how that passage of Scripture, how that specific memory verse applied to my life and what I was going to do about it. (laughs) I remember at first, it was hard work. I mean, I was undisciplined, and, and as a result, my mind would easily wander. And sometimes, and actually, to be truthful with you, I'd get bored. So I had this tendency to put off my assignment until the last possible moment. Now, thankfully, Roger would never accept my weak excuses for failure. He would relentlessly hold me accountable for my poor king-me choices. Slowly, at first, real change began to happen in my life. I actually began to look forward to my time in the Word every day. I began to see God in a totally different light than I had seen Him before. I began to understand why I was making the sinful sexual choices that I was making, why I was doing those sinful sexual things that I had been doing. Real change, lasting change, was actually happening deep in my heart, which in turn began to show up in my daily attitudes and my daily actions. Now, let me quickly interject that it wasn't because of Roger that I changed. It definitely wasn't due to a particular counseling method. It wasn't even the result of my specific homework assignments that brought about the change. It was because the Holy Spirit was implanting God's truth from God's Word deep into my heart and into my mind. You see, as Hebrews 4.12 says, God's Word is living. It's powerful. It is very active in our lives. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Every time you read it, every time you study it, every time you listen to it taught and preached, the words of our Creator, 
the words of our Heavenly Father begin to push aside all the junk in our life, and it begins to address the real issues, the issues of your mind and of your heart. So as we dive into this week's podcast, I challenge you, seriously consider the power of God's Word to provide you with everything you need to live a righteous, godly, and pure life. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and a pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. I want to challenge you. Join with me over the next few moments here to really think about, to seriously contemplate God's amazingly wonderful, unconditional Mercy. Mercy is a word that refers to God's compassion. It's his pity upon us. It's been said that God's mercy is God not giving to us what we do deserve. Let me repeat that. God's mercy is God not giving you what you do deserve. Now think about that. As you consider the sinful choices you made last week, as you consider the ones that you've made yesterday, and even the sinful choices that you have made already today. Mull over for a moment in your mind how many times you have chosen to put King Me on the throne of your heart in any given day. Do you have that firmly fixed in your mind? Now, reflect on what you deserve from a holy, righteous, and just God for just one of those sinful choices, let alone all of them. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 tells us that God saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, Titus 3 5. Peter cries out, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, 1 Peter 1 3. Let me repeat an earlier point. God's mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. The fact is, we deserve death, not life. Romans 3.23 clearly states that everyone has sinned. We all have fallen short of God's glorious standard. And yet God, God in his mercy, has declared that anyone who believes on his Son will not receive the death they deserve, but will have eternal life. 1 Timothy 1.16 Think with me for a moment about God's mercy. God's mercy is great. It's great. In, in 2 Samuel 24, verse 14, King David says, I'm in a desperate situation. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. Do not let me fall into human hands. God shows us his mercy. Why? Because of his great love. The prophet Nehemiah cried out to God, Remember me and show mercy to me according to your great love. Nehemiah 13.22 Truly, as Ephesians 2.4 says, God is rich in mercy and he loves us so much. It is because of God's mercy that he doesn't abandon us. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 31, it says, In your great mercy, 
you did not put an end to us. In your great mercy, you did not abandon us, for you are a gracious and merciful God. You see, it is strictly because of God's mercy that you and I are able to come boldly into his presence without fear. Psalm 5-7 and Hebrews 4-16. God has promised his mercy to those who reject sinful thinking, to those who refuse to put self on the throne, to those who turn to him and confess and renounce their sin. Proverbs 28 verse 13 tells us that people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Proverbs 28, 13. Isaiah 55, 7 says, Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. Isaiah 55, 7. In fact, God absolutely delights. He delights in showing you his mercy. Micah 7, 8. So, in view of God's mercy, because of the fact that God has not given to you what you do deserve, Paul urges you to offer your body to God. His call is for you and I to dedicate every aspect of ourselves, every aspect, every part, without reservation to the Lord. And not just today, not just while we're in a Sunday worship service, but every moment of every day, Sunday through Saturday. I want you to notice also in Romans 12, 1, the word offer. In view of God's mercy, we are to offer our body to him daily. Now, here's why I point that out. It's a technical term that's used to describe the way a priest, Old Testament priest, placed an offering on the altar with the intention of surrendering or yielding it completely up to God. You see, anytime something was placed on an altar... It was specifically for the purpose of sacrifice, willingly putting that something to death, surrendering, yielding, giving up ownership. It's not mine anymore. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it tells us that as a Christian, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. You see, my friend, God considers you, if you're a born-again believer, God considers you to be a priest. And as such, you are to offer, you are to daily surrender, to daily yield your body to Him. That's what God calls your reasonable or your priestly act of worship. So the next time you're tempted to give in to the lure of lust, the pull of pornography, the magnet of masturbation, Remember God's mercy. And as you're remembering that mercy, choose right then and right there. Choose to die to yourself and to sacrifice your fleshly desires and to make your body available to God for Him to use for His glory instead of you wasting it on your sexual pleasures. I firmly believe that over the last, let's say, 20 years, Something has drastically shifted in Christianity. Here's what I mean. Collectively, as a body of believers, we have lost a respect for the law, specifically God's law. Now, I'm not saying that we blatantly throw it out the window. 
not saying that we just do whatever we want and act like we don't care what God thinks, especially us as Christians. No, I'm referring to having a smorgasbord-type mentality when it comes to the Word of God. You see, we treat the Bible like it was a buffet table. We'll open the Scriptures, we'll read God's Word, and as we are, we'll pick and we'll choose which of God's laws, which of His standards, which of, which of His principles and promises we like. And then we'll study those. We'll focus our attention on those. We'll choose to obey and follow those while we leave the rest of the Scriptures to the irrelevancy of Old Testament times. In Psalm 19.7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Now, I want you to notice that King David is saying that God's law, all of God's law, the Scriptures, are perfect. Think about that. It was perfect when David penned those words, and I submit all of Scripture is still perfect today. Is that how you view the Bible? Can you say, as David did in Psalm 119, verse 72, the law of God's mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces? You know, another way to put that verse is like this. God's word is better to me than all the pornographic images in the world. God's word is better to me than all the lustful thoughts and all the fantasies I could ever think or dream. God's word is more precious to me than any pop or rush that giving in to my temptations could ever provide. Can you say that? Can you honestly cry out, Oh, how I love God's law. It is my meditation all the day long. Psalm 119 verse 97. Oh, my friend, do you love God's commandments above gold, above fine gold, above sexual impurity? Do you consider all of God's precepts to be right? Psalm 119, verses 127 and 128. In other words, do you firmly believe? Are you solidly convinced? Are you steadfastly confident that God really does know all that is best for you. Do you fully and completely, totally and unreservedly trust him with every aspect, every part of your life? If you want genuine, lasting victory over sexual impurity, you must open your Bible daily. You must read it daily. You must, as Deuteronomy seventeen nineteen says, read in it all the days of your life. Learn to fear the Lord your God by keeping all the words of God's law and these statutes and do them. Deuteronomy 17, 19. Joshua 1, 8 commands, Don't ever let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will know victory over lust and sexual impurity in your life. God guarantees it. Well, think again about Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. God's word is perfect, my friend. It's perfect. It is complete, whole, entire. It lacks in nothing. In other words, God's Word has the answer for every problem you will ever face. Yes, you heard me correctly. Every 
problem, every trial, every test, every temptation you will ever face. God's Word gives you the weapons that you need for every battle. It will help you slay the dragon. David writes in Psalm 18, verse 30, that our God, His way is perfect. The Word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. So I challenge you. I dare you. In fact, I double-dog dare you. Every day this week, choose to make the time to dig into God's Word. Oh, I promise you, it will revive you. It will refresh you. It will restore you. It will help you say no to lust and sexual impurity, and it will return you to the God who loves you so much. Listen as I read to you the words of Psalm 119, verses 25 through 32. Listen. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Psalm 119, verses 25 through 32. If you would like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about our ministry, then please be sure to visit our website, thepuritycoach.com. There you will find a multitude of resources that we've made available specifically for you. Again, you can find that website at thepuritycoach, all one word, thepuritycoach.com. Now, one of those resources that you'll find on our website that I'd like to highlight for you today here in this episode is my book entitled The Pure Man's Devotional Guide, A Biblical Toolbox for Purity. You see, building a life of purity doesn't happen overnight. Like any building project, it will be best when you use the right tools for the task. Well, this book, The Pure Man's Devotional Guide, A Biblical Toolbox for Purity, is just that. It's a toolbox filled with nearly 700 passages of Scripture, all for the purpose of equipping you with the proper tools to build a lasting life of biblical purity. Now, it's called A Pure Man's Devotional Guide, and it's written with a bent towards men. But ladies, those of you ladies who are listening to this podcast, it would benefit you as well. You see, this five-week devotional guide will help you see how the enemy attacks, and more importantly, how to skillfully handle the Word of God as you learn to fight back. So I encourage you, visit the resource section of our website, or you can go directly to Amazon.com and search either for The Pure Man's Devotional Guide, or just look up my name, Steve Etner, and you'll find the book. And you can purchase your copy today. Well, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If it has ministered to you, if it has blessed you, challenged you, encouraged you, would you do two things for me? Would you first please let your friends know about this podcast? Help us help men and women across the globe win their war for sexual purity and live in freedom. And then second, and this is so important, 
please take a moment right now and go to your favorite podcast player. Rate our program. Rate this episode. Every time you do, that rating lets them know this podcast is important. It's valuable. Your rating helps us get this program and this ministry into the ears and hearts of people all over the globe. So until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. Thinking.